0: It ain't the left side for the right side, and it must be the Fin
1: side. side. It ain't the left Left side side for the right side. side.
0: Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of the On the Fin Side podcast with Cat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the Fan Sided Network and FinFanatic.com. Paul, I was listening to our show. I was listening to our show from a week ago. And um
1: You were miserable.
0: I was miserable.
1: I don't even know which one, but you were miserable.
0: No, no, no <laughs> doubt about it. No doubt about it. So this is what I said. Okay. Um I said that at, at the time that the Dolphins had re-signed Gasecki and Agba, which was good. They signed Connor Williams, which was also good. Um, Signed Cedric Wilson and Chase Edmonds, which, you know, it's fine with. Then when they signed Bridgewater and Keon Cross and start signing all these backups, no offensive tackle to think of. I think I don't think Chris Greer understands what it really takes to compete in the AFC. Yesterday, he signs Teron Armstead and For a lot less than I thought, which was he was the one player in free agency he wanted. And then today he says, I'm going to raise you trading for Tyreek Hill. I mean, what what more can you say except just straight jubilation?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's somebody broke it down. Uh, So far, Miami has turned Laramie Tunsil into Jalen Waddle, Javon Holland, Tyreek Hill. And we still have a 2023 first from San Francisco. Holy crap. You know, it's, I know it's taken a little while to pay off, but I think we're there. I think we're there. Like, and I, I and just to answer in chat, I've been doing this to everybody all day long. And I love it. Like at, actually since about 1232, I think you messaged me cat. And I, I replied with, wait, what? When you said that it looks like Miami might be trading for uh Jalen or for, Tyreek
0: Hill, and then 15 minutes later, they got him. Yeah. So, so Paul, what did you think of? Uh, what did you think of the compensation here? Uh, first rounder, second rounder this year, fourth rounder this year as well. So, uh, I think our draft coverage is going to take a little bit of a hit, but hey, I'm willing to do it. And we'll then see. a fourth and a sixth next year.
1: Yeah. So. I'm going to actually defer on this one to my stepson and my foster son, because I got the opportunity to tell each of them individually. And with both of them, the conversation went something like this. And keep in mind, one of them's 10 and the other is nine. I s- said to each of them, I said, Hey buddy. I said, what do you think of Tyreek Hill? Oh, I love that guy. Why? And I I grinned at them and got, well, he's with the Chiefs. I said, no. And they went, get out of here. I love him. Oh, my God. Wait, what did we give up to get him? Handful of draft picks. Like, no, but who else? Who did we give up with those? Nobody. And literally
0: got it. Well, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Well, and the crazy thing, too, is. If you look at it, if you combine what they gave up, if you look at the uh, trade NFL draft value chart, that what they gave up is equivalent to the 12th or the 13th pick in the NFL draft. If you combine all those picks together for Tyreek Hill, 28 years old, there were two players in the NFL last year. How, wait, how many? I, had over How many do we get? Two, two. Two? Oh hey, who, 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 who? There were two guys <laughs> last year who had over 103 um catches. Two of them were Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle. Oh, and by the way, they've got 4-2 speed. I mean, I, I don't know. Casey Hayward said the other day that you just don't want to ever play man coverage against Tyreek Hill. Now you've got to do it against Hill and against Jalen Waddle. And uh, so
1: this is the amazing part about this for me is what the staples of a McDaniel offense are. He makes you hesitate and think he moves things around and puts you off your spot and delays you for just, even if it's just a fraction of a second. And then now he's coming at you with a bevy of guys that run four, three, or are a gigantic mismatched tree trunk with, with the wingspan of a condor. Like, this offense is designed to be a damn nightmare, and if you hesitate for a second, you can't recover. And who do you, you – do you want to blitz? Because who are you leaving open to blitz? Because we've got a lot of guys you can't cover one-on-one. This is a fun offense, and come hell or high water, this is going to be the most fun Dolphins team to watch that I can remember – since 1983, when I started watching football.
0: And they were talking today on NFL network. And I think it was someone from NFL network and Greg Rosenthal. And the guy said to Greg Rosenthal, do you know when the last time the dolphins were top 10 in offense? 1995. I mean, that, that's in 2022. 2022. Uh, it would be 30. I can't do math. A long, a long darn time here. He's 27 years since they were a top 10 offense. Absolutely incredible. It does. Now, they did pay a lot for him, but I look, I don't care. I'm going to say that right up front because look, a guy like Devontae Adams, for example, Justin Jefferson, these elite receivers in the league, Cooper Cup, fantastic players. When I look at Tyreek Hill, I say he's different. And he's different because every NFL team has seen somebody like Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson in terms of body type or running things like that. You don't see it. You, you don't, you're not preparing for a Tyree kill weekend and week out. And now you've got two to prepare for.
1: I mean, well, and, and, and that goes back to something I said, I said here on the show a few years ago, when we were looking at coaches and can't remember which regime it was. It might've been two of them. Um, we're looking at coaches, we were looking at players. We're talking about draft prospects. And one of the things that I remember talking about was the fact that you hear everybody say like, okay, we have our big receiver. Now he can't move very fast. Now we need our little fast receiver. Like they've got their little archetype. And the, the problem with that is these defenses now, since so many teams go by these, you know, this, these three archetypes, you need one of each. Defenses are designed with guys that are more prone to erase one type, another type, and another type. They're not designed to erase multiple of these little speedsters that can that can play at all three levels. They're just not. And it's a frustrating offense to have to cover before you even get to the deception piece, before you even get to the RPO piece, before you even get to the fact that you've still got to cover guys like Gasicki, Cedric Wilson may come around, take a ball in a reverse, and throw it down the field to one of these guys. It's going to be a mile open if anybody hesitated, and oh yeah, these guys can just flat out outrun double coverage.
0: Yeah, I mean, what what I love too is that it's not like you're lining up two Ted Gins on the outside. Yeah, you, you know, no. you you these guys here caught a hundred not only do they have the just not even elite speed, but off the page speed, Uh, they caught a hundred passes last year. So what that tells me is that when opposing offenses said, you know what, we're going to play back on you and we're not going to get in your face because we don't want to play man to man with you. Cause if you get over the top, it's over that defensive backs did that to the point where they gave up so much underneath to both of these guys. So, what what do you do with that? Now it allows Tua, who is uh when he has time to throw, and he'll take the underneath stuff all day. You know, we saw those games where he's completing 75, 80 percent of his passes. He'll just drop back and deal all game. And and that's that's the big thing, and that's this really the exciting thing. What I wanted from this season is to make sure that that we have an idea of who Tua Tungavailoa is. If and now When you add Connor Williams and Teron Armstead to the offensive line, you bring Gesicki back. You've got Waddle and Hill on the outside. I mean, we're going to know everything we need to know about this guy by the end of the year. And if not, the Dolphins still have their two first-round picks next year. I mean, exciting, exciting stuff.
1: Yeah, and one of the cool things here is, is two is known for accuracy. Tyreek Hill adjusts to the ball in the air better than almost anybody I've seen. And if you watch like his top 10 highlights from this past season, so many of those plays, he was adjusting to poorly underthrown balls at times and making the right move and getting yards after catch. Like you watch what they did against the bills in the playoffs. Um, You mentioned the underneath stuff. The bills got so afraid of anything over the top that they sent Tyreek on a little slant pattern and, with the he's so you said as you said off the page speed fast that they didn't have a chance to close down on him and he basically outran six guys untouched for scores like it was insane and I see you jad Hammer thank you it's who do you do you think the Dolphins are going to add an offensive lineman cat
0: yes because. Uh... I, and I, I look at two centers here, uh, JC Tretter and Matt Paratus and, uh, you know, uh, CK pair, Chris Kaufman, as well as Barry Jackson have been saying, well, actually, no, I'm not sure about CK, but I know Barry Jackson has been saying JC Tretter for a while. And this is somebody mm-hmm. who was a really good player last year and, you know, is was on the wrong side of 30, but, uh, he doesn't have major injury concerns and was only cut because the Browns are having to pay so many players and, that's the type of guy you want to sign, not somebody who was a cast off from another team who, you know, they just decided didn't, you know, we're not going to pay this guy six or seven million a year. So I look at J.C. Treader and I look at Matt Paradis from the Panthers, who's a little bit older, but is only a couple of years removed from being one of the most highly sought after centers in the game and then went to the Panthers where they can never get things right on the offensive line. So, yeah, I, I, I do think that that's going to happen uh, unless they have a really high opinion of Michael Dieter, which they might, you know.
1: No, and There's a handful of rumors out there that Miami may be attempting to trade for a running back coming up uh, that, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Miami reacquires some draft capital by moving a player or two uh, as we're moving forward here. I mean, if you look, I started trying to do the depth chart today at wide receiver. And it was insane—the you know just sheer number of receivers we have, but also the depth for. I think now our top seven or eight wide receivers at this point—it's it's crazy to me. Um, so I think there's a few things that Miami can do here and reacquire some of that draft capital. And if the right guy is there in this draft, this is a roster that's there and ready to compete. Um, I was listening to Patriots radio radio up here and they were straight up fearful of of the dolphins before acquiring Tyreek Hill. And they basically just said that this is a luxury over the top that makes it ridiculous. Now that's just a big F you to the league. And this, this, this might be one of the top teams in the AFC now, given the fact of what they've done already. And I don't think they're done yet. And I think if, They've got a chance to add a linebacker that makes a difference in the draft. Possibly, they may shuttle something from next year to move up.
0: Maybe, yeah. And I, I've got to say, as far as the draft is concerned, I am right now. They've got picks in that with the third, the fourth, the fifth, and two and the seventh. I am perfectly fine mentally punting this draft. I <laughs> mean, we're still gonna have our draft shows and everything, but we're Funny you You say hunting. Really, yes. We're, we're going to be focusing on the middle rounds as opposed to, you know, we're talking about making our like first round board and everything like that. Uh, that's out the window, obviously. And I'm, and I'm fine with that. I'm totally, I'm, I'm still totally making my first
1: round board. Cause if there's one thing I've learned, Chris Greer is one of the best in the NFL at acquiring picks. Uh,
0: he sure, he sure is. And, uh, yeah, that he, he never saw a draft pick he didn't like. That's 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 for darn sure. I, I'll say that what I love but I would let, what I love most is when you look at next year, even though they gave up uh a fourth and a sixth next year, they also got a, a six for trading Jakeem Grant. So you look at next year, they have two firsts, a second, third, fifth, sixth, and seventh. They've got a whole draft next year. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's really exciting because if Either Tua makes use out of uh, out of this offense that is perfect for him. This is the Alabama offense: spread everybody out and just deal. And if he doesn't do that, then we could be talking about a different quarterback next year, and we should be. That's I wanted to know about Tua this year. And if you had a C minus offensive line and a C plus receiver unit, and and you you know two. Undersized fast running backs, and then you're expecting two to elevate all that. No, I think it would have been a bad situation for everybody here in year three, but now you've surrounded him with the pieces.
1: So, in chat, they're talking about the rumor that the honey badger's in the building. I know there were pictures of him in Miami today. I didn't, I haven't heard that he's in the building, but holy crap, that'd be insane at that point. Um, but no, like I'm with you. And one of the things that I like a lot is, and one of the reasons I like the Teddy Bridgewater signing is do I think Teddy Bridgewater is great? No. But if we get an answer on Tua at at a midpoint in the season when it's still salvageable and we know the answer, we've got somebody to pull the trigger with. And I don't think we're going to need to, but Teddy Bridgewater is a heck of a, in case of emergency break glass, especially over Jacoby Brissett.
0: If you had said that a week ago, I'd wanted to punch you uh, because I did not like the signing initially, but I do now because, yeah, you traded a lot for Tyree Hill, you know? So if you, you know, if two went down in game two and you've got Jalen Waddle and Tyree Hill, and you've got a, uh, gosh, a worse than type of, uh, I mean, far worse than him, then I would say, man, oh man, we really should have spent five or 6 million, you know? And I'm sure that a lot of people were at that, we're at, we're at that you know spot before when they signed Bridgewater. I didn't like it because I thought you should be signing starters. Well, not only have they signed and, and traded for starters now, but they've actually got stars so
1: they've the revamped
0: over half the offense in under a week. yeah, and as far as the draft is concerned, you know and this is where i'm look I look at the depth chart and I say if I'm not saying they're the most talented team in the AFC. I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that because I, I. I think two has got to elevate mm-hmm. to a Pro Bowl level for that for yeah. that to be the case, and we'll see if that happens. But I. I honestly think you could take this Dolphins 55 man roster to Week One right now, and I, I'm not saying they shouldn't look at center or they shouldn't look at another linebacker. But if they had this roster opening week, which don't, they're they're going to have, I'd be fine with it.
1: Well. I'm happy
0: with it. I should say.
1: Here's the thing. You, that means you are you have an undying amount of confidence in this roster because we'd be going into week one without a punter.
0: Mm. Yeah, we need a punter. Uh, <laughs> maybe not, maybe we don't. <laughs> well, you know you know, you know punners like fullbacks aren't really aren't really you know people are you know. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Alec, I mean Alec Engle. They got a fullback and and again one of the best in the business. I mean they've. They they've patched up a lot, and then they went out and got the and then they went out and got the stars. I it, you, rarely do you see that happen, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's incredible that we've had one Pro Bowl player in each in uh, had one Pro Bowl player last year, and then two the year before, Xavier Howard and Jason Sanders, who is not that guy now. And then in a span of what eighteen hours, they get two multiple Perennial time Pro, Pro Bowlers. Pro bowlers. That is that is something else. And that is what I'm talking about. I am, I am jacked right now for this and, team.
1: And here's the cool part. Tyreek Hill puts Jalen Waddell, Mike Gasicki, Cedric Wilson, and even DVP in single coverage or having to beat a zone assignment far too often for anybody to be comfortable out there. And that's an exciting prospect to, to have. And, you know, if you want to play single high safety against Miami with the speedsters they've got, I'm sorry. But the two of them getting out to the edge deep, you can only help one. You can only help one. And yeah. you're going to have to not play your comfy, cozy defense at times to try to account for what this team's doing. Which means McDaniels beat beat you a little bit already, right before even before he snaps the ball and starts his little mix, misdirection bit. And it's going to be like, that's the thing I love is this is going to be exciting to watch. It's going to be exciting to be on here talking about during the season. God, I can't and, wait.
0: And you said misdirection there. And I, I want to emphasize again that Mike McDaniels or Mike McDaniel, not Daniels. Come on, Brian, get it together. Uh, <laughs> last year with the, last year with the 49ers. I, when I when I call myself Brian, you know, you know I'm being serious with myself. So, last year the 49ers went in motion pre-snap 82% of the time. Oh, every 5 plays they did it four they did it four times. And uh when you talk about handoffs and reverses with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and how creative Mike McDaniel was willing to get with Debo Samuel last year. No, I'm not saying that they're they're going to get tosses in the backfield, but they will be involved in the running game as well. I mean, I could see I could see them combine, touching the ball, getting carries. You know, 35 to 40 carries for both of them throughout the year. And when you do that, you, there's so much misdirection and there's so much speed on this offense. Man, oh man, crazy stuff um but it doesn't come cheap that's for sure i mean this year 6.5 million for Tyreek Hill. that cap number jumps up to 31 and a half million next year but as we've seen salary cap is, is isn't isn't real uh as far as it's Touchdowns excuse me, get dollar signs excuse i take that back it, it, people throw that around too loosely when the money in the nfl is increasing like it is then it becomes not real okay because that that it's one thing during a COVID year when the salary cap actually goes down, but now it's going to be going up uh, over the next few years, and, and the dolphins certainly know that. Um, I was typically I'm conflicted on something like this, because one thing that I've said for a long time is that you do not trade more than a first-round pick for a non-quarterback. Well, I abandon that here, because for, for several reasons. Number one, like I said, combined these picks add up to the 13th overall pick. You're not trading. You know this the sixth pick in the draft and an early second rounder and then you know uh, a couple of fourths and a six. You're trading the 29th pick, the fiftieth pick, a fourth rounder, and then a fourth and a six next year. I mean, that's that's that that's not that's not what what Herschel Walker yielded. And
1: no, and that first rounder is pick twenty nine and you and i have already done some mock drafts off book as well as a little bit on book and we've seen what the tw- what a ghost town the 29th pick is most of the time doing a mock so it's not like we gave up a top 10 player in the draft here it's it's not like even combined we probably gave up a top 10 player in the draft no do the chiefs have a chance to hit on this absolutely absolutely this is a receiver rich draft that maybe they hit on somebody maybe they don't but the Chiefs took five steps back today and Miami took 10 steps forward and that's an awesome thing to say and god cat we got you talking about fullbacks we got you smiling what happened
0: I, I, you know hey when you get a smile for me it's deserved okay because <laughs> I like yelling I like coming on here and yelling and getting mad and having a few drinks, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's my thing, but I, I'm here and I was going to crack open a beer tonight to celebrate. I told my wife I wouldn't. And, uh, well, she's a chiefs fan, so uh, she's kind of struggling right now. So, uh, so that's, that's not a a battle I'm willing to fight right now with her and my in-laws. Um, but no, I, 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 I think the chiefs are going to be fine. And the reason for it is because, uh, a guy named Nicole Hardman for the Chiefs that I think can step right into that Tyree Hill role and I thought there was a lot of overlap with them on that af- that offense. I'm not saying Miko ha- Hardman is Tyreek Hill. Okay. But when you have a quarterback like, No, no, when you have a quarterback like, like Mahomes <laughs> who I think is the best in the league hmm. and I think you can slot in somebody like Miko Hardman who has very I mean he's not quite Tyreek Hill. He and Tyreek Hill are a little different, but this guy is fast and he has been emerging since his rookie year. Now he's going to be able to to play 70 snaps a game. Fantasy football owners, I think, Michael Hardman's going to have 1,300 yards next year. Um, and Real
1: quick, Cat, though. I I did think of one thing that could ruin this trade for me, one thing that could ruin the signing of Toronto Armstead, Um, one thing that could ruin some of these free agent acquisitions that we've gotten thus far. And this boils down to you. Don't you dare order a Tyreek Hill jersey. Don't you dare order a Teron Armstead. Get, get off of Fanatics right now. And don't you dare order yourself one of these jerseys. We are paying these individuals entirely too much for you to ruin their careers miserably like that.
0: Paul, I have a confession to make. Don't you see? I swear to God. No, uh, it's not Tyreek Hill. I found a loophole in the system here. I had did an order a T- Did you get an no, I had an old Ryan Tannehill jersey, number yeah. seventeen. I didn't buy a new jersey. I didn't. I I I I know better. Why, why do you tempt fate? But I did get from I think it was Patch Vibes. I'll give him a free shout out. I got a ni- very nice Jalen Waddle patch that I can sew over the Tannehill. So oh, I Jesus didn't buy it. Christ! I didn't buy a jersey. Okay. That was the rule. Didn't buy a jersey. Oh, um, so let me tell say, you, this ha- hey, hey, I'm, I'm going to give patch. Can you test it on like not our star players? What can go wrong? I say, I you know, uh, well, there was a I got a Tunzel uh, number 67 jersey, and yeah, I was thinking about having like a practice squad guy. Uh, Why you don't know? you get an Isaiah Ford jersey? Well, Isaiah, that, that won't matter. I, I, I'm telling Isaiah Ford. Isaiah Ford is going to catch the game-winning touchdown this year that puts the Dolphins in the playoffs. I said that last year, and I was almost right. I mean...
1: <laughs> he's, he's the glitter of the wide receiver world. Once it like gets on the floor, it's just there forever. Yeah, he's, he's the Kimmy Gibbler of the
0: Miami Dolphins. He just won't leave. So, uh, just,
1: just for our listeners' background, every jersey Cat has ever bought his entire life ended in utter disaster. For the player in question, I'm pretty sure we, we figured out you got a merino jersey right around the year he blew his Achilles out.
0: Did, I, I probably did. I was about 11 then. Yep. Uh, was that 94? Yeah. That, that matches up. That tests yeah. out. Yeah. Who jo- else I got? Jonathan Martin, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, uh, Jonathan Martin, custom made jersey. And then you ruined two uh, careers with that.
1: <laughs> Put the Jonathan Martin jersey on, yelled, Go Richie. And look what happened.
0: Uh, who else do I got? Uh, uh, I got Tannehill. Mika, Mika Fitzpatrick uh, and Laramie Tunzel right before <laughs> the same year before uh, when they were both traded, 2019, I got that. Ryan Tannehill, I got his, and then he tore his ACL. And then Every time we have the same conversation,
1: what could go wrong? And, like, <laughs> the universe finds new and innovative ways
0: to destroy and slay. Like just- But I didn't buy a jersey. That, that, that's, but yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I try to find ways to amuse myself. So we're going we'll see. We'll put it to you the test. Can you not test it on Jalen <laughs> Waddle? Good Lord. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Paul, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I don't really know what else to say. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'll put you on the spot yeah. here. Cause we're going to start our draft talk here next week. Um, who is one player right now? One player that comes to mind realistically that can be there with the Dolphins' 102nd pick in the NFL draft, that just one player. <clears throat> I've got two at the same position,
1: and that would be Leo Chenal and Quay Walker. Okay, okay. and it, It's a position of need for Miami. And given, given where Miami's needs lie now, and don't get me wrong, there are plenty of, plenty of spots they can upgrade, but Miami needs to get somebody like that at 102 or even move up for, for somebody, I would still pay a little extra to move up and get a guy like Muma just because of what I believe he can be in this defense. Um, and by the way, somebody pointed out that Trill Williams is 51 now and looks a little bulked up, which is interesting he, to me.
0: He moved from 51 to six last year uh, to play cornerback, so he might have moved back. Uh, yeah. But, but anyway, staying on that, I, I no, I a think point. those would be great. And a punter. The, punter in the fourth, maybe. Um, yeah,
1: fourth, not third. No, third was stupid.
0: E- yeah, the, the, the reason I hesitated is is if Quay Walker are... Uh, uh, who's the other guy you said Quay Walker and... and, and the uh, other, Leo uh, Chenal. Yeah, I'd be shocked if either one were there in the third. Uh, not impossible, but I mean, I'm thinking... I I've, I've, I think they're going to be more second round, but... They're, know, they're a second talent. round
1: talent, but the linebacker position is so thick and deep. That they may well be those type of guys. Like linebackers, the one position that you can get steals in the third and fourth this year, most likely.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, if if since you threw out two guys, the the the, the ones I had in mind, two different positions. One is a linebacker, Troy Anderson mm-hmm. from Montana State. If somebody who uh, can run like a deer played running back is first running back a quarterback his first three years in Montana was all conference on the offensive side of the ball, moved to defense and was all conference uh, in the only year that he played linebacker. So certainly very raw, but then went to senior bowl week and looked very fluid and then ran a four, four, one, but doesn't have a whole lot of experience. So I could see him dropping there to the, uh, you know, to the, to the end of the, of the first round. Also a uh, Brian cook, the safety from Cincinnati. I, one of the underrated, uh, positions in this draft I think is safety and if you look in the third or fourth round if you can get somebody there who is able to long-term pair with Javon Holland and Brandon Jones and be that either second or third safety maybe you cut Eric Rowe maybe not this year but certainly next year certainly probably won't be on the team next year um then I I, I think that would be somebody that I I'd like a lot too so we've got a lot of time to talk about the draft I had a computer issue here early on where I just said, uh, you know, I it's 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 amazing I, I can even get this uh get this moved over to this table. Anyway, um eh, what's going on in the chat there? Any any questions that have popped up or just just pure uh jubilation right now?
1: I think there's a lot of jubilation. A lot of people I, I stopped reading the chat when I mentioned your jerseys for a little bit. Um Brad just brought up that four four is slow. For a dolphins player now. Um, Grandy, I really appreciate you reaching out to folks, asking people to like and subscribe. Guys, please do that. It helps us out tremendously. Uh, as far as YouTube algorithms, etc. Um, a lot of people liking the center talent at 102, um, liking the linebacker talent there. Yeah, no, I think I think everybody's ecstatic about this pick. I I <sighs> you
0: you should be. I'm a I mean, little shocked still to the, to this moment, and uh, also too, you're not the only one. Um, you know, PFF's uh, Mike Renner, I, I listened to, he and Austin Gale there on the Tailgate podcast, and they they just threw up a quick one there, and he said the same thing that he was shocked that it wasn't more because, you know, really, it's a first and a second round pick. I mean, the the, the other ones are, you know, I know I know day three picks surprise people but you know it's those are throw-ins and the jets offered picks 35 and 38 which compared to picks i'd have to look at the trade value chart but compared to 29 and 50 i mean you're you're talking about pretty close there tyreek has a summer home in miami and as soon as i heard that it's up to Tyreek. Now I thought, okay, he's going to be a dolphin. So we're good. <laughs> we're, we're, we're good. And as soon as I
1: saw Drew Rosenhaus was his, 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 uh, agent, I'm like, Oh man, this uh, based on this off season. He's going to be a dolphin. Uh, so
0: now next, if we dolphins need to create some cap room here, that's when the off season gets even more fun. Jesse Davis, Clayton, Fedulum, Alan Hearns, all on the chopping block there. Uh, yeah, you know, hey, they, they, they try hard, but. Cat, what
1: grade uh, would you give Greer for the offseason thus far? That, that got asked in chat.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, so I was at uh, you on Saturday a on Saturday. I'll, I'll walk you through it here. on Saturday morning when there was no when when reports came out that they were not interested in Lael College. Um, and there was no talk to that point. There's speculation they may go after Armstead, but there was nothing for sure. At that point, I was at a C minus. Um, that moved up from a C minus to a B plus with the Toronto Armstead signing. That's how much I thought of it because now you're able to take all your resources and move them to the right side. Cause you've got your left wall. you got a pro bowl tackle after so many bad players this year. So I was at a B plus I- I'm definitely bumping it up to an a now to get a player as rare as Tyreek Hill and to, to get it in a trade for the equivalent of a of the twelfth or thirteenth overall pick in the draft, that's nuts. And Tyreek Hill just turned twenty eight years old, so even if he loses a step, I feel like the agility uh, is special enough to where, okay, he's not taping the taking the top off the defense every week because he's in his thirties now. But the the short area agility and the ability to play on to to get end arounds, I mean, there's still a lot of ways that Tyree kill can, can hurt you badly. So I think he's going to play out this contract. Um, not, not all, not, not all of it because basically this contract and it's a big one. It's four years, $120 million contract extension with 72 million guaranteed.
1: So um, that, that four year extension, just for, for clarification, cause I know this got confusing for some folks. It's an extension on, on top of the existing year he had remaining. So it's truly a five-year contract.
0: Correct. Point. And, and and the Dolphins uh, are able to get out of it after the 2025 season, which makes it basically amount to a four-year, ninety-five million dollar contract. And then when they cut them in 2026, I mean, <laughs> way, way, way off in the future. It's it's laughable. We're talking about they they would have to pay another five million. Oh, I'm I'm going to lose sleep over that. Uh, when the so when you break like five hundred million, yeah, I mean when you break it down like that, I mean it's very, very reasonable, you know, it's for, for somebody like that. I mean, if, if it were evenly spread out 30 million or so, I mean, that that would be a different conversation because I don't think anybody should get that amount of money at at receiver, but you know, four years, 95 million, what it comes out to that, that's a little bit more digestible. And it's funny
1: because we say that. And if somebody was on like a two-year deal, I think 30 million is ridiculous on a five-year deal. I don't because of my of the NFL adding that 17th game, adding playoff teams, um, the way that the digital streaming world is starting to pile up for the NFL. And and given the fact that advertising revenue is amazingly lucrative for the NFL before you even get to anything else, it's that salary cap is going to rise exponentially uh, between now and year five. At which point we're going to look back at this contract that's the highest for an end up for a wide receiver at the moment, as far as AAV goes, and we're going to look at it and go, "Oh, that really wasn't so bad," but and that's before the end end of the life of the contract. Uh, you know, he throws down eight to twelve touchdowns a year. No one's complaining if he gets guys like Waddle and Gasicki to the Pro Bowl by them having to beat single coverage with lesser defensive backs worth every penny. Like there's so many reasons. And that's part of why this move gets an A plus from me. It's and and so does the Dolphins offseason right now. There are still holes on this roster. Every roster in the NFL has holes, every single one of them. And the holes are not as big and deep Like. The impact of this without giving up somebody like Jalen Waddell, without giving up a Mike Gosicki, without giving up a Cedric Wilson, and with what you've got in the backfield right now, believe it or not, this is part of what I said the other day. This helps the offensive line. Because if you want to try to overmatch and overrun the offensive line with, you know, seven rushing against five, you're leaving somebody not just open wide open and Tua can avoid the rush well enough to be able to get the ball out quickly to that, to whoever that is. So this is something that you've got to play the dolphins honest now, which only helps the offensive line, which is tremendous.
0: Well, two, two things there. When you look at the offensive line, the, if, if you look at, at two places, PFF and next gen stats, had the Dolphins offensive line, as far as pass protection off the page, the worst in the league. So they had to deal with that, but at the receiver unit too, if you look at metrics as well, they have been by far the worst receiving unit over the last couple of years, as far as yards after catch. And they were also measured as well. And I I think it's next gen stats. Somebody may correct me. One of the worst teams as well, as far as gaining separation, which isn't a big surprise when Gusecki and Parker are your top, or your top two weapons there well along with waddle but Tua was the best
1: at avoiding the sack i think or one of the top three if i remember correctly
0: yeah he was in the top two uh, for at least for a while there so but my point is now you have receivers that can separate and if they break a tackle after the catch they can take it 60 yards at running back you have a career offensive coordinator who spits out running backs regardless of who they are who get five yards a carry and now you've got two running backs who average five yards a carry chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. You just have to be able to divvy up those, uh, the, those touches. Now, yeah. Mostert may not be all the way back. He's kind of a flyer. He's had some injuries, but, but if he can regain that, that that's, that's something special. So you can say on paper, we head into this year. We're good here. We're good here. We're good there. We're not just hoping based on potential. And that's what happens when you trade directly draft picks in these positions to go get stars.
1: Well, and the thing I like, and and two things there too, and you can't forget this one. We've got a fullback in Alec Ingold who prides himself on trying to raise any running back he plays with yards per carry by two yards. Like There's direct quotes from him talking about how if he can raise their yards per carry average by two yards, he's done his job, which, oh my God. Like and I forget what the other point was. I just got so excited talking about fullbacks. <laughs> uh,
0: no, I know. I, I stopped listening when you started talking about fullbacks again. But I I'm sure I'm sure you were correct what you were saying. Uh no, I was looking at the chat here actually. I'm glad you think I'm correct about Christian Wilkins. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> so just a few things here from chat. Uh, Ignatius Cheese said you probably bought a till green jersey. No, but I wanted to oh. back in ninety uh, seven. <laughs> so maybe that just just the vibes of that is what had him tear his ACL. You know, three consecutive years or whatever it was. Brian Osamoa from uh, Oklahoma was mentioned. Yeah, he's another guy that could be there in the third round. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Converted safety, two hundred twenty eight pounds, very productive. But you're looking for speed in the middle of your defense. He, he's he's definitely a guy. Um, uh, Cornelius Lucas, Adrian I uh, mentioned in chat as somebody who's who's out there. He's he's somebody I'd really be open to signing now because he could compete at right tackle, maybe keep Hunt at right guard, and you know, more depth at the offensive tackle spot because you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna start the year with without Hunt at right tackle and with Tron Armstead's injury history, yeah, you you may need a a, a solid guy like that. Um well, but,
1: and the, the other thing too that you may be able to do with a deep wide receiver room. Is put together a package for Andre Dillard, who we mentioned on the show the other day.
0: I would have, but I, I mean, I think he's if he got traded, he would he'd be traded to a team that would that would probably start him. I, you know, because the other part of it too is like you still have Greg Little on the team. If the Dolphins mm-hmm. traded for Andre Dillard just to be a backup, you know, you're probably cutting Little. I mean, I I'd, I'd be good with it. I, I I think the Eagles could go get a little bit more than the Dolphins are are willing to give that's that's just me
1: dillard dillard and little came out i believe in the same draft and went within a few picks of each other but i think dillard's upside was was a lot higher than what i saw in greg little if i remember correctly
0: yeah dillard uh they were they were projected very closely for a while and then on draft day uh, little went early second dillard went somewhere in the 20s but yeah not too far away and dillard was a really good pass protector at washington state but it hasn't translated over to the NFL as well. Came from that Mike Leach air raid offense. And that's kind of hurt him a little. And it might hurt Charles Cross in this draft too, because then he went to miss Mike Leach went to Mississippi State. But I think that would be a mistake. I think Charles Cross is a top 10 pick uh in this draft somewhere. Won't be by the Dolphins because they don't have any draft picks because they traded them for Tyreek Hill. And now
1: Tyreek Hill may have to whine and dine Cedric Wilson. Coming up, because Cedric Wilson got there first and reserved the number ten. Reserved the number ten. Yeah, that's Cedric's number. thought it was one,
0: uh, but I could be mistaken. Mm, so, nope, Cedric was ten, man. Damn f, uh, you know it's too late. It's past my bedtime. So, um, it was a one followed by a zero. So we're good. All right, all right, sounds good. I'll 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 take your word for it. Uh, I will correct you on the next show if you're incorrect on that. But um I'm, 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 but hey. Great day for all dolphins fans here. We're glad you could join us. Gosh, we've almost got you know we've got over 430 people here in the chat. That's crazy. Thank you for joining us. I'm Brian Cat NFL on Twitter. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets. This Saturday, we're gonna have a full one-round mock draft. We're all ready for that. And then, the, and then during the week, we're going to have some small shows with positional breakdowns. We're going to make sure we get really into it as far as the NFL draft, despite the fact the Dolphins don't pick till the end of the third round. So be sure to join us every step of the way. And if it's not on the right side, it's not on the left side. It is on the fin side.